We are here yet again, episode 10 of the Laggy Podcast. That is the Life Around Gaming and Epidemiology Podcast. <laughs> here to give you your daily dose of coronavirus. No. 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 <laughs> All right. So, welcome. It is I, Rafe, a.k.a. the Esports Educator. Alongside me are a few people. Uh, my name is Caesar, a.k.a. Eface. And Just Dan. Just Dan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a few things to talk about today. We're going to talk a little more about Overwatch bans. I say Overwatch bans because we have to talk about Overwatch League and competitive Overwatch. <laughs> it's a topic that must be discussed. We're also going to talk a little bit more about coronavirus because the virus has given us no choice. The, we have surrendered yep. to the will of the virus. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about winning and losing games. Yeah. Yes. Let's do yes. that. <laughs> All right. So Overwatch League. We're going to start with Overwatch. So... Let's preface this. Caesar. Yes. Tell us about how bans work in Overwatch League. All right. In Overwatch League, after a week of play, uh, heroes that have the most uh, pick rate, over 10% pick rate, got, get put into a pool where they randomly get selected, and the hero that gets selected that week gets banned. And they ban one tank, two DPS, and one support. Okay. So the Overwatch League goes, hey, how long have these characters been played? These characters are being played a lot. Mm -hmm. Let's put them in a hat. We'll pick one out randomly. That one will get banned. Yep. Okay. On its own, that isn't the worst idea ever. Sure. Right? On its own, that's not so bad. We're saying, hey, we need to ban out some characters. These are the characters that get played the most. Mm -hmm. Let's not be so direct. Because if we were so direct to ban the most played character, we'd end up with like Moira and Baptiste as support characters being banned week over week. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't want to ban the same character two weeks in a row. Yeah. So we'd literally they see would that would just rotate. Yeah. yeah. So on its own, not the worst idea ever. Let's talk about how competitive gets banned. Uh, you know the de details of that, don't you? Yes. So here's what happens. <laughs> Blizzard chooses characters. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's... Let's kind of take a second to just wrap our mind around this. And the easiest way is to just talk about the characters that are banned. So last week's Overwatch League bans were Reinhardt, Moira, um, Hans, no, no, Reinhardt, Moira, Widow Widowmaker, and McCree. Yeah. Right? Yep. During this same time period, we had bans in competitive. Yes. And these bans are Baptiste, May, Hanzo, and Orisa. Very different. Completely different. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. And so next week, what bands are we seeing in Overwatch League that uh, are starting up? Uh, Winston, Sombra, Soldier 76, and Lucio. Okay. So Winston, Sombra, Soldier 76, and Lucio. My guess is those are not going to be the four characters no, we see banned. No, not at all. Yes. I, did, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So, Here's hopefully, issue. <laughs> if you're listening, you're already seeing a major problem with this. First off, if you're a competitive player who wants to feel like you're playing comp like the pros are, hey, I'm watching the eSport, 
mm-hmm. and these are the characters that are banned. Tough luck. Yeah. <laughs> you get to play an entirely different meta. Yeah. A completely different meta. And let's say you're an Overwatch League pro who wants to go play some competitive. Good luck practicing for mm-hmm. your upcoming match. Yeah. I There's... Mean, go ahead. Uh, I, I guess... <laughs> That's the importance of scrims for pros, right? I like, suppose, they actually yeah. have to scrim now, which is good and bad in a way. The, the thing is, like, so we're playing Overwatch Open League, right? Mm-hmm. We go by competitive bans. Yeah. I know. that That's even worse. Well, actually, they just changed it. Now it's now the Open Division is going to play with the same bans as Overwatch League. Oh, did they? Yeah. It's, it's brand new. Okay. So yeah, this week right. when we play our game, which, by the way, it seems like we have a buy. We are not playing on Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I understand. We play You're on Sunday. Good. We're too good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our match on Sunday will be much better. It's primarily Platinums. That's so, good. Okay. Instead of all Grandmasters. At least the kids will have fun. That's what matters. That is part of the game, right? I think we'll talk about this more when we get to losing games. But a subtle balance of getting whooped on mm-hmm. and having a good time. Yes. Okay. Yeah, right? I guess. And then a little bit of time whooping on others. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. The rule of thirds. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, but so if you if you haven't figured it out at home, like this is just not a good system. There's no cohesion. Not at all. No. I've never. I mean, and you, nobody here can see me visibly, but like this visibly pains me. <laughs> <laughs> I, somebody at Blizzard Activision actually went, "Hey, this is a good idea. Yeah. Like, let's do it this way." And no one said anything. Like nobody said. Yeah. What what do you think the let's try this. Both of you recreate the argument for me. Please really? put your mind Oh my god. Try I, to try to dude, take that perspective. Well, it's super okay. difficult for me to take the perspective of someone that does this. I'm not going <laughs> to. I, I I think it's someone that comes from sports trying to make it into esports, trying to make an esport into a sport. I so, mean, I guess, but is that like a college thing? It's like, okay, in college we're going to ban a quarterback. You guys can't play with your quarterback. Uh, I, I but don't. In the pros, is you there can't a play different with your meta back. between collegiate sports and professional sports? Depends on the level. Uh huh. So the meta remains the same, right? So if we're talking about Overwatch, like the Overwatch. So the CU Boulder Overwatch Black team, primarily Grandmaster, five hundred top five hundred players, right? Mm-hmm. Really good team. Really understands Overwatch. Maybe not the best teamwork. Uh huh. But <laughs> are you about to talk smack on my team? No. no oh, okay. Really good team. In general. You're going to see them playing very similar style to Overwatch yeah. League, right? They're going to be – the picks are going to be the same. The meta is going to be the same. They're studying Overwatch League, right? They're they're at the level where the only thing they can use to study meta is going to be the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm asking. I'm actually asking a much more complicated question. You're talking about sports. Talking sports. About sports. Yeah. Oh. Is there a meta in basic sports, Probably. Though? I mean, probably, but not as we think of it, right? Probably not okay, as we so think of it, but like – I can think of a football meta. Okay. And a soccer meta. Soccer meta would be like four, the two, formations. Three. Yeah, yeah. Your formation, right? Mm-hmm. But formations are there's not formations are completely based around the type of players you have on your team because there isn't a number one formation in soccer. Yep. There isn't simply a you know it's very counter formation. Right. And okay, we have a great you know like sweeper. There's a series of plays in football, right? Exactly. So plays in football and formations in football, right? right. Um, and I would say that the meta does shift slightly in that context within football of like, we, we run on down one, right? We use down one to run Mm -hmm. and we do this 
80% of the time. And then every now and then on a first down, we, we drop a long bomb, mm. right? But you're going to play differently against every team because, again, sure. like a, a team like the Niners last year is going to have this power defense. Sure. And you're just not going to want to risk putting the ball in the air against people like Richard Sherman on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So you keep the ball low and you try to push through the run, but then their run defense got really, really strong, and so people started trying to throw quick snap mid balls. I mean, it, it really comes down to the team you're playing against. Mm-hmm. In Overwatch specifically, I don't think that that exists much at all. And you've taken away the ability to do that by not giving the bands to the teams and players themselves. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you have the best Genji in the world on your mm-hmm. team, I want to be able to ban Genji away from you, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It's it, it's hard to say because how does how does league work? Like league is based more mostly on your lanes, right? So if you if you play a certain lane, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you play a certain lane. There's a, a pool of characters that you usually play, right? Is there like a, are there character specialists in league? Like they only play one character. So Some there are people. one tricks, right? Yeah. That's where the okay. the, the term comes from. League, right? The yeah. one trick term, but one tricks never make it pro. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I mean, I mean at a pro level. At a pro level, at a pro yeah. level you do have character specialists. Yeah, but they're not one tricks. Yeah, they but, have but, a smaller pool. But, you but what I mean is, if someone, yeah, if someone bans a character, they're, they're just like, okay, well, I can play this other character. Yeah, right? like, exactly. You well, ban that character I think you don't want to see that person. I think in Overwatch, that's the biggest issue, right? Because oh. like you ban a character, and then there's people that play like just like they got signed to that team to play that character. Okay. So I think that's why the the hero pool system. Okay got so implemented instead of like hero bands to uh, to let's back up and we'll kind of talk league history mm-hmm. originally league of legends worked like that yeah pro teams would have individual character specialists and originally league of legends had um two bands right i think it was three was it three i think it was three bands i thought it was four total two on each team oh you're right it was i think originally okay. i may be wrong but i think originally there was two bands there was right, one each team got a three. band mm-hmm they, well, they increased it to five. Well, it's five now, but I think in the middle they increased it to increased three. Increased it to three. So it was like it was one at the beginning mm-hmm. and then one midway. Sure. Or maybe originally it was just two in the front by each team. Just one, like one team, team band. band. Yeah, one yeah. team band and yeah. then the other team band and then the other team band and the other team band. And you end up with four bands. Mm-hmm. So you can't really – it's hard to band someone out with only two character bands. Sucked on the ladder, man, because you would get into a game and you have to beg the person at the top to ban this person for you. Uh, yes, because at the time also there were – limited amount of characters but some were just broken like when Zhao came out he was yeah. just busted yeah, yeah so that's where the bands came in what i would assume is that if we created that system in overwatch mm-hmm. the entire pro league would change you'd see an evolution in a morph where a one trick player yeah it doesn't matter that you're the best genji in the world mm-hmm. because you'll get banned out so you have to learn to play other characters uh, yeah essentially i mean i would assume if you can play genji you should be able to play Tracer and Doomfist. No, not really. Not necessarily. Well, I understand why you're saying that because yeah. I'm decent at Genji and I'm awful at Doomfist. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that would be expected of you. Mm-hmm. Right? Is no, that yeah. you can play these characters. Um, I do understand exactly. What, in reality, even though they're all called DPS, the difference between a Genji and a McCree is like a world of difference. Oh, yeah, for they're sure. completely different play styles. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I wonder, like, how it would balance the meta in, in in Overwatch where you ban a character and then you have that character on your team, right? So if you ban Widow and they don't, and then you have a Widow that's uncontested, that would be messed up. Because then you would have to force one of your tank players to go Winston or or have a Genji. So it messes up your meta, like your 
own team selection. It, it, it's weird. It would be very interesting, and it would be the first game ever where last ban was the most important. Yeah. Because having last ban meant that you could ban something, you know. Mm -hmm. it, I, it's just weird that it, it Overwatch is a game where most characters counter each other, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a Genji on each team, the team with the better Genji wins, obviously, right? And if, if you have a Widowmaker on one team, the best the best thing to do first thing is to switch to a widow because now that way you can contest her. So I just wonder how it would mess up the meta, and I've, that's probably why Blizzard decided to implement oh, the bans. From what I, I was yes. assuming, they would just ban the bans would be like for the whole game. I didn't consider that both um, teams could have the same character. Yeah. Mm. So I I don't I don't know if that's the reasoning behind it, but I guess I can kind of see it. I mean, I guess I think I still think implementing. I think you implement a ban system that works slightly differently. Mm -hmm. I think you do give teams bans. That's what I think is, is a little bit better, but it bans the character out, period. Yeah. And you just have each team gets to ban one from each class. You get to ban a tank, a support, and a, and a, what if, a DPS. What if all the teams, this would be pretty fun, what if all the teams voted and then like they all... Those are the characters that are banned. And then the, the, the ones with the most bans, most votes gets banned. That would be fun. Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah, so, so you get all the teams to submit one tank, two DPS, and one support, like whoever they want, and then yeah, like every, majority wins. Every week, at the end of the previous week, mm -hmm. right, you finished up Overwatch League matches for the week, every team submits a vote yep. for a tank, a support, and a, mm -hmm. and then, yeah, the top two from each role yeah. that I guess, gets voted on. Or the top one from tank and one from support and two from DPS. I guess that's how we get collusion, though, so maybe that's, yeah, <laughs> you kind of want to avoid that. Uh, I guess. I mean, would they though? Overwatch League to me seems fairly separated in your teams. And mm -hmm. is I mean, if you did it like right after the games, everybody's got to get together and vote. I mean, I guess it's possible that all the teams just secretly decide they're gonna ban out the worst characters every every week. Sure. So like the entire Overwatch League season, you're just like, <laughs> all right, guys. There's no. <laughs> there's like there's there's not gonna be a Sigma. And there's not going to be, I don't know, the Torb, worst, Torb, Symmetra, Torb, Torb and Symmetra. Well, oh my God, I hate Symmetra. Yeah, so do I. So much. She's so <laughs> strong at low elos. Yep. Um, all right. Well, we've, we've kind of gone on long enough. Uh, consensus, this is a bad idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it's not a bad idea to have bands. It's just a bad way to do it. Yep. Um, it must be hard to be them, though. Let's go on and talk to something about something a little bit more uplifting, though. Uh, coronavirus. Oh, very <laughs> uplifting. Yeah. Speaking of Overwatch League, they're cursed. Yeah. They, they are getting messed up. It, it it sucks that the great experiment for like home and away games just like straight up got canceled. It's Pretty not much. happening at all. Yep. Uh, Seventy-four thousand miles of flying for the uh, London Spitfire. Yep. And they haven't done much of it. Nope. And you have to think. If you're an investor and you dropped sixty mil million into like a team, and then you get told, "Yeah, there's no home and away games; they're actually just gonna play online." Deal with yeah. it. That's, that's that's not good. People, investors gotta be really upset. Obviously, they can't be super upset because it's, it's not their fault. Yeah, like, who, but it's part of the gamble. Plenty of investors are upset right now. <coughs> Plenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of investors are upset. <laughs> the markets. The markets, my friends. Um, yeah, it's a rough time because of it. Uh, ESL Pro League Denver got canceled. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sad. We were partnering with them for a lot of stuff. ESL, arguably the largest name in Counter-Strike outside of Valve. Um, yep. so 
you know, coming to Denver right in our backyard, able to set up a nice partnership, get all our players involved, uh, set up a, a meet and greet, be able to set up opportunities for the Denver and Colorado esports industry. Mm-hmm. All gone. Just very sad. Uh, sad for us, but understandable. I get why. Yeah, I yeah, know for sure. TCR is praying for Dallas, DreamHack Dallas right now. It's tears for DreamHack <laughs> Dallas. It's May. It's Labor Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. May so 23rd. May, May 25th, yeah. Right yeah. down there. It's, so. well, it, it might be in the clear, but we'll see. Well, it's just remember, this started at the end of December. Yeah. Four months ago. So we're four months in, and it's just starting. Mm-hmm. So based on the bell curve, if we're in the middle of the bell curve. True. There's another. Right. That is very so true. we're looking at another six months. Because we're on the rise of the bell curve in mm. the United States, which would mean yep. that we're about to peak in the bell curve in the, over the next month and a half. So. And then we'll see a decrease. Speaking of like how long this is going to be, Smash PGR just announced that they're suspending the season. So Dang. no events from here until further notice are going to count for PGR. So, as meaning an attempt to try and get top players to not fly around the yeah. country. Meaning that most events are going to see a lack of top players. People are going to start start chopping out of events, and the Smash World Tour is probably oh messed, it's probably going to get delayed or something. But it just got announced and it's already messed up. So let me let's let's kind of let's think <coughs> about this as a devil's advocate. I got a I got a stool stuck on my chair. I need to move this. Okay. Could this be a good thing? Let me let oh, me play hey. devil's advocate. Right, let's go. Let's, let's talk about it. Esports has been chugging yeah. for the last couple of years, right? Mm. It's really been chugging along. It's been going like crazy. There's always stuff. There's mm-hmm. always events. There's just a million things going on. Could a break allow people to reanalyze? To be able to go like, oh, okay, I've refreshed myself. Mm-hmm. I've been away from events. I've relaxed a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not constantly grinding or doing my thing. Now it's time that the events are starting back up and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. I really want to be at them. And we see an influx of new players and all this hype being built up, especially around the idea that like if people are stuck at home and stuck without things, probably going to turn to Twitch. We're going to find new streamers. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It's an opportunity of like growth. Yeah. In that regard, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, but that comes at the expense of many, many people, like losing a lot of money. Yes, Uh, money is disappearing. So, like, industry might succeed because uh, the community might benefit. The industry, the community, yeah, the industry. I don't know that the industry might benefit. I think the community will benefit. The industry will not. So, Alex Jabaley, this the TO for CEO, CEO Dreamland, and he TOs all the DreamHack events. just announced on Twitter that he's losing a lot of money. So CEO, CEO Dreamland is this weekend. Um, it didn't get canceled because it's in Florida and the area they're at is not high risk. That said, a lot of people are already like asking for refunds. Pro players are canceling. Um, and so he said that I think Brawlhalla, like the game entirely dropped out. Ooh. So like they have an entire room reserved where there's nothing happening. So like the amount of money he, he posted that the amount of money he's losing might mean that he doesn't host another event ever again. So, like, no more CEO, no more CEO Dreamland, maybe not FGC at DreamHack. So, like, 
is it worth it? You know, this is a TO that's like one of the most prominent TOs in the Smash, not not just the Smash community, the FGC community. Yeah. And he's losing a lot of money. So that sucks for him. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Here's how I see it happening, though. I mean, like, all that means is a, is an opportunity for new investors and new people to step in. Mm-hmm. And I highly doubt that somebody doesn't hit him up and go, hey, look, I want to throw events. I have money. Sure. Come work for me. Sure. Come come help me run these events. I'll bankroll it. We'll do new events. We'll do new stuff, right? Um, because, I mean, that's what I would see. If a bunch of events just dropped out and had problems because they were spending all of this money, we would just be like, okay, look at these time periods that people are used to playing in events mm-hmm. and these events have stopped. We got to throw an event mm-hmm. and we'll get all that attention, right? Hey, we're, we're taking the place of this. Like it just, it sucks for the people, yep. right? But I don't think that it negatively impacts the future of esports. I think it just mm. kind of recycles and refreshes the people who are at the helm. I see, yeah. Which mm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? It depends on who it is, but I can think of a few people that I know run events that I think need to never run an event ever again anyway. Um, not that that is Jabaley. Yeah, no. We respect Jabaley. Yeah. And we do a lot of work with DreamHack. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk on anyone specific. I mean, I am. But <laughs> not naming any names, though. It's not Jabaley. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so basics for coronavirus, right? We sent out a press release, kind of a public announcement about coronavirus with our players. If you don't know, this blows my mind, but people don't know this. Cough into your elbow. Yeah. Like, people don't know that when you're going to sneeze or cough, take your arm (laughs) and wrap it around your face so that your nose is in the crease of your elbow. Stop coughing into your hands. Like, we get kids in here who literally are just like, yeah. And then they're like, oh, my hands are covered in this nast keyboard and mouse. Uh, It's it's just, uh, it's getting used to it. it. It's hard. I the only reason I know how to do it is because Mexico and like the swine flu and that's when I learned how to do it and ever since I've been I've been coughing into my elbow but it's really hard to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, came pretty quickly. The military actually like drilled yeah, us on they that. They were very very yeah, serious very about serious it. about it. Um additionally, there's a lot of stuff online about from the CDC talking about the differences cuz we are going into allergy season. Mm-hmm. Right, allergies are on the climb. I have some right now, and they're like, "Listen, oh, that might be what I have." Listen, you don't have coronavirus yep. if you're just like coughing and have a sore throat. Okay, yes. Now the main things they've said is like runny nose, sore throat, itchy eyes. These are like three of the first symptoms of coronavirus. Those are the same symptoms for almost all allergies yeah. across the planet. So. Yeah. They said the real difference is going to be exhaustion. You're you're going to feel exhausted, like you can't get out of bed and not mm. like, oh, I'm tired. That's the other problem. <laughs> Can I just take a second to say, yes, I know we're all worried about the coronavirus. <laughs> but seriously, daylight savings time needs like to just not be a thing. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> What, yeah. you know, like, you know, like, you know, supporting the ideals of farmers from 1918. <laughs> but like, I think, can't we all agree it's better for the sun to come up earlier. Like, can't we all agree on that? I mean, I like it when it's light out when it's late. I like the night. <laughs> if it's past six o'clock, it should be dark. Okay. It's time to party. I don't like, no, no, no. I don't like when I wake up at like 1 PM and then the sun's out at four, 
4 p.m. It sucks. But you it's wake horrible. up at 1 p.m., man. Exactly. <laughs> I get three hours of sunlight. It sucks. I, it's horrible. This is killing me, man. I wake up at 7 a.m. ready to go work out. And I wake up and it's pitch black. And my body is like, why? Why Just, are you awake? Something is wrong. The yeah. world is wrong. Go back to sleep. And that is killing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have not worked out in the mornings in three days coincidence i think not like look at (laughs) so it's just driving me crazy man (laughs) i just want the sun back a little bit in my mornings um but yeah so coronavirus is kind of dominating Mm esports right now it's dominating everything the nba has canceled and suspended all live games for the rest of the season at least through april 14th my mind is blown man that was that 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 was a kicker for me yeah that's the, that's the NBA, ladies and gentlemen. You want to talk about people losing money? Mm-hmm. That is millions and millions of dollars without question yeah. that they are losing. However, yeah. we will probably see record spikes in NBA watching on, on television. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. We're going to see record amounts of people watching NBA That doesn't games. get them any money, you know? I'm just going to be really interested in seeing a broadcast game with a completely empty audience. It's fascinating. It, it blows your mind. <laughs> the other thing that blows my mind is the fact that they're probably still going to play in these stadiums. So they're going to have sure. these entire stadiums lit up and powered up for like 12 people. Yep. Probably. Mm, yeah, actually. Because they're. Like you could go play it in a gym. Like they could come to our gym. <laughs> All right. Denver Nuggets. <laughs> if you're listening, Cheer we got a gym. Hear me out. Save you a ton of money. Just bring your broadcasting equipment. Say, hey, mm-hmm. what's up? We're cool people. We host a podcast. You may have heard of it. We get like thirty listeners, so you know we're kind of a big deal. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes for for CU Boulder Gaming. Well, for CU Gaming at least, uh, we've decided to cancel some events. We're, sure, we're holding I mean, well, a couple more, and that's it. So public colleges mm-hmm. and private universities, a lot of them have just said, "Nope, yep, we're yep. done." We are done for the year. Yep. CU Boulder has switched completely to online, online classes. Everything will be streamed online. You watch online. You take tests online. You do everything online. The memes on Reddit are fantastic. Yep. Uh, my niece goes to Berkeley School of Music in New York. They gave her a 48-hour notice to just get the hell out of the dorms. Mm-hmm. Crazy. They're like, bye. You got to go. You got to go. Evacuate. Get out. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, New York definitely has it worse than here, but yeah, for now, for, for, yeah, now. for now, yeah, for now, <laughs> it's all yeah. Gloom and we doom. we have one more smash event on Thursday, and that's it. We we might stop them. That sucks. Yep, it's going to be an interesting couple of months. Honestly, yes, yes. very interesting. Uh, I'm just happy Animal Crossing comes out. Indeed. Uh, I that's right. Like if Ghost of Tsushima came out like <laughs> like right now, I'd be like, all things are canceled. Yep. Sorry, just stay in your home for two weeks. You have a copy of Neo, right? Uh, I, I so I have a copy of Neo in my library, but I can't download it because my PS4 is full of games. Daniel, <laughs> that I can't play. I know I need to remove all the games what? you put up on there because uh, <laughs> I can't even play them. Go away. What do you want? Moskowitz. Did you uh did you mute Discord this time? You know what, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Getting phone calls. Discord is here. I'm gonna quit this. I called it. What nice. is he, what do you want? Uh 
He's now he's at, at the, the door. door. Luke is at the door. Oh. Luke is at the door. Nice. No respect. We no. we get oh, no they, respect. They're actually they're coming the in. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and and cut this in. We'll see what happens. We're definitely not recording a live podcast right now. Hey guys, how you doing? Oh, absolutely. Good to see you, Luke. Later. We won't cut that out. People come into our oh room my all God. the time. We're yep. popular. They wanted to take a picture for the newspaper. Like we said, we're, we're kind of. For the newspaper. Is that what he said? That's what I thought he said. I, th- I thought he said that. Yeah. Well, moving onward and upward, we are very popular. What can we say? Um, let's get into our, our real topic for the day. Daniel, tell the people what you told me. All right, sure. Here's the deal, man. In a lot of games, league especially. Um, I will often, in the beginning phases of the game, I will mechanically crush my opponent. And yet I will still lose the game. Period. Right? Um, and I wanted to know why. Like, for real. Well, bring that mic a little closer to your mouth. So, I think Daniel's a little quiet. We're going right. to bring him up a little bit That's more. better. Is yeah, that better? much better. Okay. Go ahead and tell us again. Okay, one more time. All right. Let's so. take, a, take a second. Now go ahead and tell us again. Okay. So, here's the deal. Right? I'll just give League of Legends an example. Oftentimes in League, I'll win my lane, right? Crush my opponent, kill them several times, invade other lanes, all that good stuff, and still end up losing the game. We'll have a strong mid-game. Somehow it goes on to late game, and I lose. Can, like, I have very large issues closing out games in the competitive setting, except Gears. Okay. So we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna poke and prod this. Let's do right? it. We're gonna go from the co- the coach's perspective. Welcome to the coach's corner, uh, <laughs> and we're gonna poke and prod this. The first one is, what kind of ratings are you getting in these games? Um, a plus, sometimes B. S minus is on occasion, the rare S. Do you generally win when you get S ratings? I think so. So here's the thing to note: generally, if you're getting an S rating, you're probably winning a game, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes players will lose with s ratings it happens right that mordekaiser in that game we played where i was as real with you i guarantee <laughs> you that dude got an s rating <laughs> but still lost the game um so one of the biggest issues i think generally is is for a game like league for a game like gears how do you know you're, you're doing well kill death ratio right yeah katie because if i kill you more than you kill me we're probably winning Sure. True. And there's a specific ratio I can look at because there's a 5x multiplier, right? There's five people on my team. There's five people on their team. If I have a 5 to 1 KDA, we're going to win that game. Yeah. True. There is no possible way we can lose the game if I have a 5 to 1 KDA. But in league, I could have a 5 to 1 KDA and still lose the game. True. Right? So are you looking at your statistics to manage whether or not at the end of the game you're higher than everyone else in the game. What do you mean? So what are our – now we talked about KDA mm-hmm. for, for Gears, but in League, what are our major statistics? Um, CS. CS. Um, I think KDA matters in League. KDA. Specifically KD. KD. Uh, objectives? Objective count. Sure. If you've taken more objectives than the enemy team has taken, you're going to win the game. Right. Am I missing something? Well, so there's a few more things. You could look at kill participation, right? You could look at vision score, 
right? Because your vision score is going to influence how many deaths your team has and how much you take away from the enemy team. Um, now, it varies depending on the position, right? Obviously, an ADC does not need as many objectives, whereas they should have much higher GP5 and much higher, or GPM, now it's gold per minute. So much higher gold per minute and much higher CS than like a mid laner or a jungle, right? So from, you, what are you playing now? Are you playing top lane? Mid. Okay, so now you're playing mid. Mid Pantheon. Mid Pantheon. We're playing the mid Pantheon. It's working. Yeah, well, I mean, is except it? for the loot. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, that's the problem, man. I was just like, if I could just win. Well, so here's part of the problem Pantheon falls off. Yeah, okay. Right? Strong early game character, you know, very powerful early to mid game character. Mm. Huge roam, right? Semi global ultimate that deals damage and generally wins team fights, right? So very strong character. But at the end of the game, right, what's his value? What is, what is Pantheon's value at the end of the game? What is it, Daniel? I don't know, split pusher? Split pusher, right? Because I got that semi-global that I can get in. The problem is I have to split push from range, right? It's not a teleport. I can't jump into the top lane from the bottom lane, right? I can only get so far. So I have to make sure that my team is willing to stay close to that bubble if I take a fight. And a good enemy team will pull the fight away from the mid lane if I'm splitting bottom and they're at mid lane, right? A good enemy team, like, pulls that baron. Because now I have to run to get my ultimate to that Baron, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't just fit. So, but he is really good as a split pusher. He's really good as a hard engage, right? Initial engagement, I can stun and stop all damage coming at me from the front. It's a pretty strong tool for winning games. But how do we close out as Pantheon? He doesn't have particularly good siege, correct? Correct. Unless you go demolish. Right, which I don't. Let's, let's back this up a little bit. Pantheon is a character from League of Legends. Yeah. Pantheon has a shield that he can activate where he deals damage in front of him in a cone and prevents all damage coming at him from the front. He blocks it with his shield. He's like a Spartan. Um, he's a melee character. Now, he has a ranged poke, but it doesn't deal damage to towers. And in League of Legends, the idea is to break down objectives to kill the Nexus. So that's the good question. Daniel, is your team trying to kill the Nexus? No. No. So <laughs> we've, we've talked about this for literally – Daniel and I probably had this, conver this exact conversation for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in League of Legends, most people think about, I have to get stronger. I need more gold. I need better items. I need to be able to beat people in lane. I want kills. That is literally what people think about. And early on in the game, that should be your mindset. I need CS, I need gold, I need to get stronger than my opponent, I need to capitalize on power spikes and get kills. But you win a game by destroying the enemy nexus. That's how we win the game. It's like playing Overwatch on a control map and going, I'm going to kill everyone and never capping the control point. Sure. You end the game 60 eliminations with zero deaths and all gold medals except objective time because you forgot that the control point was... You're still going to lose the game. Mm -hmm. You're still going to lose the game. Um, so don't be cloud nine, essentially. Right? Don't be cloud nine. So in league, it's hard if you're playing with people who aren't your friends, right? Or people who don't want to you know, work together. Because the goal is to kill the enemy nexus. And for some reason, when people get kills, rather than their first thought, which should almost always be, when you get an advantage in league... You should almost always be thinking, what can we take from the enemy team with this advantage? Can we take a dragon? Can we take a baron? 
Can we take a tower? Those are your first three questions. If you can take a Drake, a Baron, or a tower, you should do so. If you can't, that's when you usually start saying, okay, well, let's push a lane to get an advantage somewhere else. Okay, let's take their jungle or their jungle buffs. We take whatever we can to make this an advantage. One of the, I would say, at really low elos, well, low elos, even what I'm playing at, gold and below, maybe even <laughs> platinum, people don't understand the reset. Yeah, we just killed the entire enemy team. We wiped the enemy team. We took a tower. Now let's go hunt their jungle. The enemy team respawns. They've bought. And then they come back out into lane. We just killed them. We're clearly the stronger team. Except they went home and got stronger and came back out. And you're still farming their jungle with 3,000 gold on every one of your characters. So instead of resetting, spending that gold, and making sure you're strong, you've now held on to all of that gold. And you've stayed out there to fight. So they're then going to fight you again, being slightly stronger. They win, and they catch themselves up into the game. That happens mad often. A lot. To a lot of players at low elos. Hmm. The idea is you should be resetting often. And we always think, well, I have to be constantly CSing. I have to be constantly doing this stuff. No, what you want to be doing is putting constant pressure on the map so you know where, where your enemy's going to go. So it sounds like it's about embedding advantages. Yeah, I would say, you know, one of our rules that I put up for our FPS players was rule number one, you suck, right? That was <laughs> rule number one. Rule number two, always fight with an advantage. Never take a fight where you're at a disadvantage. Figure out a way to get the advantage before you take the fight. So in league, if I, let's say I kill three people on the enemy team and we don't lose a single person. Problem is their jungle is still up, mm -hmm. right? We're all kind of low. Taking Baron is a, possible throw so we don't want to try to take baron so we push mid they back off we take mid tower tier two tower they're starting to respawn what we want to do is essentially take either red or blue maybe birds or wolves something on the way out and we walk away from the lane we go to bottom and everyone else resets maybe two people go to bottom and everyone else resets we push out bottom. We now know their characters, when they respawn, are going to have to deal with bottom and mid. Mm -hmm. Those two lanes are going to have to take attention. So we go home, we purchase, and then we can figure out where we want to go because we know where they're going to be. So, hey, we can go into our jungle. We can go take top advantage, and we can start setting up wards around Baron, right? Because it's going to take them longer to get to top than it will us because we can go directly there while they're clearing lanes. And if they go into mid... While they have people clearing bottom, we have a 5v4, 5v3 advantage. Mm. And we could take advantage of that advantage. So pushing advantages, always taking objectives. And so let's I'm, – I'm, I'm spending a long <laughs> time on this. So let's talk about what you can do as an individual. Yeah, let's do that. How does the individual push the advantage? When you guys win a team fight, if you see an easy tower ping the crap out of it, and just go push it. Okay. Then consider what's happening on the map. Are my teammates helping me? Are there enough of them alive to kill me? If answer B, right, to are there enough of them alive to kill me is yes. And answer to the A question, are my team helping me, is no. Back out. If it's vice versa or both are yes, then continue pushing. Try to force towers. Try to force inhibitors, right? And then when you force an inhibitor, which hopefully, if you're smart, is either mid or bottom, right? We want to force mid or bottom inhibitor 
as early as possible, not as early as possible. If it's going to be between like before 20 minutes, we generally want to force top inhibitor because then we have dragon control. But if we can force one of those inhibs, we then have massive wave pressure in that lane. So we should essentially never be in that lane. There's no reason to go to that lane. People will do that all the time. They'll go, hey, we have a cracked inhibitor in bottom. Let's go through bottom. No, leave bottom alone. Let your super creeps do their job and pull attention elsewhere. Because as soon as those super creeps get in the base, the enemy team is going to go respond to them and you're going to have an advantage. Take the advantage. If I take bottom inhibitor and I use that advantage to get top tier two and top inhib tower, I have just given my team an additional 700 gold advantage for every player on my team. So about a 3,000 gold spike, right? And I've opened up that lane. They now have to worry about even my creeps on a slow push killing their inhibitor. I have taken map control. And map control slowly sleeps, like, or, or what is it, seeps, seeps towards the nexus. Mm-hmm. We're going a little long on this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's good stuff. It is. Let's... Do you have any more questions? Um, well, I guess let's talk about it's like, yeah, you, you didn't really give me like, it's hard for me to go, okay, I should go into my game and do this from what you just told me. Right. Like that was big general strategy things. But for me, it's difficult for me to translate into I'm in this game and I need to win it and we're not winning. So That's I literally tra- just pushing, like just make people push towers. Is when you, when you win fights. Yes. Okay. When you win fights, you have to ask yourself. So, I was listening to a great conversation by a pro player who said, hey, sometimes there's a lot to learn from players who are worse than you, okay. right? <laughs> because there are a lot of pros who get to pros off pure, raw skill, yeah, pure, raw talent, right? Um, and he was talking about a Counter-Strike player who was flaming somebody because of where they were standing, and they killed him. And he's like, that's a terrible spot. What an awful spot. What a loser. Sure. What a bad player. But he killed uh, you. But he killed you. So what a really good player, what a cognitive player is going to do is ask themselves, how come this inferior player killed me from this spot? Mm. This, is this a spot that's good against professional players? Yeah. This is something that I see a lot in Smash, and it's happened to me, where a lot of people will say, why am I losing to this masher? Right? Like, this mm. person is just mashing buttons, and I'm losing. And instead of people asking themselves, hey, why am I getting hit, right? I'm, they're thinking, why am I losing to this? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's kind of the point where, what's, what's the saying? Like, a sword master isn't afraid of someone who, who knows how to swing their sword. They're afraid of someone who doesn't know how to because none of the techniques, techniques they know actually apply, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing where when you're playing someone that doesn't actually 100% know what they're doing, but it's working, then you have to look at yourself and saying, why is this working? And in Smash, it's more of a, you're just pro- you're probably just running in and getting hit instead of playing neutral and letting them do something and then doing something yourself. So I, I think it's, it's something very similar here. In that, that, was the, that was G2 in a nutshell, right? That's is Kasparov, right? Oh. Like the, the chess player, mm-hmm. right? There was Karpov and Kasparov. I can't remember which one's which, but one was like the idealistic chess player. He knew everything about chess. And the other one went, I am going to make the board chaos. Yep. <laughs> An utter mess. So all of your technique and all of your knowledge and all of your you, – you're used to playing chess mm-hmm. against people who would play chess like you. 
So I'm going to make the board a freaking mess Yep. so that you have trouble dealing with it. We, and then what's his name? Um, who wrote the art of learning? Josh Waitzkin oh, played the same style. He went, I knew that I knew the board better than the people I was playing against. So I, I played a chaotic style. Yep. Um, and that's what G2 did for the past couple of years to win, you know, everything going on in Europe mm -hmm. um, and to almost take the Grand Slam in League of Legends was because they made the, the game chaotic and they would capitalize on it by yeah. getting the enemy team out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, that that is one of the reasons why it's difficult for people to climb in a lot of games is because especially like Overwatch, Overwatch. Yeah, a bit. I've been trying to work on climbing in Overwatch. I got to play some platinum games mm -hmm. right? instead of, so I'm high gold. I'm about to be into platinum and we were playing with some people that were slightly higher than us. So we were in platinum and diamond games. Mm -hmm. It's just a 400 ELO swap. Like the yeah. difference between 2300 and 2700 SR and the entire game felt differently. Oh yeah. And what was sad was I was gold medals in almost every game we played. I was playing very well. There was, there was one game that I didn't play so well, but there, I was playing very well in these games mm -hmm. because it was more comfortable because the players were slightly better. It was less chaotic, this, right? This happens a lot in Overwatch, especially in Plat, and it's really annoying where people say, oh, oh, let's, uh, let's go GOATS or whatever is meta, like let's go uh, Winston Diva. And then they're playing Winston Diva and the other team is playing like pretty much random heroes. They're like Ryan, Ryan Winston, and they have a, a Sim and a Doomfist and like ra two random supports. And the other, like the team with the random characters wins. And then everyone's saying, but we're playing the meta, right? How are we losing? And it's not, it's because you're playing the meta, but you don't know how to play the meta. You're, you're, you're losing the people that actually know how to play their characters and that will carry you harder than no, than playing the meta when you don't when you don't know what you're doing, mm. right? Because you can play, you can play uh, Winston Diva, but if you don't, there Winston Diva is only good when you're playing in a certain way. Mm -hmm. If you're playing them by themselves without knowing what you're doing, those characters are gonna get eaten up, right? Yeah. And that's why in Overwatch, randomly, like Doom. Well, uh, I don't know that this is the case anymore because I don't know the meta anymore. But it used to be that Doomfist was trash, absolute trash. But every now and then you would get a Doomfist in your games and they would just like sweep the entire team. Literally happened to us yesterday. Yeah, and like, and that's because no one knows how to deal with Doomfist at a plat level. It's literally as easy as Doomfist goes in, everyone turns around and kills him, and then everyone turns back around. It's that easy. But it in plat, takes seconds. Yeah. But in plat, everyone's like doing their own thing. They don't know, they, they panic. So <laughs> it's, that's why I don't like team-based games. That's why I like fighting <laughs> games. <laughs> well, so that's, generally why i do like team-based games because mm. to me it's like art yeah right when it comes together it becomes this beautiful, it's beautiful thing. yeah one of the problems with overwatch is though it's so fast-paced yeah that's very chaotic. the game is so fast-paced that everyone this is kind of the metaphor for western society i have to be doing something mm -hmm. at all times and if i'm not doing something i'm doing something wrong and like any good player will tell you, no, that's wrong. Because if you have a fully charged ultimate, stop feeding the enemy team defensive alts. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing by, like if I'm a McCree and I have my dead, dead eye ready, yeah. by dealing base damage, I'm not helping anybody. I'm not doing anything. I mean, how, how much 
how much would you say that this comes from maybe StarCraft and like the actions mm. per minute verbiage? Like, Interesting. it used to be that gaming was all about like, uh, and I think this this might be an explanation for mashing, right? Because, in uh, if you if you think about it, it makes sense that the more buttons you hit, the more you hit your opponent, and the more likely you are to win, right? But in reality, you have to play neutral. You have to bait your opponent. You have to like stand still sometimes. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with StarCraft, and I'll, I'll I, say why. I, I, I'm not saying StarCraft specifically, but I just mean like the the actions APM, right? Well, think about it in a fight. You do martial mm. arts, right? Yeah. Most people don't slow down in fights. They think if I flurry, mm. if I just watch watch people who obviously have no idea how to fight. Like if you can look up street fights sure. and you, they're just throwing yeah. blows. I mean, their hands are just moving. Yeah. And generally, every now and then, you'll find one of those clips of like somebody who doesn't know how to fight versus somebody who, who's been in a few, and the one guy is just sitting there throwing blows, and the other guy is just kind of like, just has his hands up, like, yeah, okay, walking. whatever. And the dude like puts his hands down for half a second and just gets knocked, and it's over. Like, it, yeah. it's just over. Um, I think that that permeates a lot of Western society, mm. right? We're a very, like, everything is go, 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 go. Sure. Right? Mm. And that would explain, I mean, it's it's one of those things about maybe why games are so dominated by Eastern societies, right? This ability to slow down and process mm. what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. You know, like Korean players in Overwatch move incredibly fast to do very deliberate things. Yeah, they're very efficient. Very efficient. Yeah. Where a lot of Western gameplay, League of Legends, Overwatch, it's a lot of energy and resources wasted mm -hmm. to do the same amount of things. Mm -hmm. um, I think that StarCraft is a good example of that, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily think that's where it like comes from, right? Or yeah, the yeah. idea of actions per minute. I, I mean, I definitely button mashed as a kid. Right. Because I felt like, well, if I'm hitting more you just buttons, feel like it works. I'm more <laughs> likely to hit yeah. skills, right? right. Um, I, I want to back up, though, because I think you made a solid point about knowing the character, mm -hmm. right? When you're talking about Diva Winston, we're talking about those things. Understanding, that's what I'm doing right now. What I'm learning in Overwatch or relearning is mm -hmm. what makes my character strong? Mm -hmm. In what situations is my character very strong? What makes my character weak? And in what situations is my character very weak? Yeah. And I'm learning this specifically right now about Reinhardt and Winston. Yeah. A stupid little thing I picked up was I can drop a dome for my widow and she can free shoot. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid and it's so basic. But giving us a, a, you know, a 900 health shield or 800 health shield or however much Winston's dome is right now. Yeah. It's sad that I don't know that. To my widow means if there's a widow on the enemy team, she's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Because yeah. she has to shoot that shield five or six times while my widow just gets to free sure. shoot at her. Sure. Um, and usually that's been picking me up picks, especially in gold. If mm -hmm. I have a, I just give her a shield and people are just running around crazy and she's just killing yeah. people. Mm -hmm. um, in league, that same question applies when you're playing Pantheon. What makes my character specifically strong and what makes it weak? You can't siege very well, you can block damage right. from a tower which gives you an advantage when you have like a two man if you take top then you can use your block to allow for that like dive right 
are you using that to dive players who are under tower? Man, I'm still scared to dive people. So you you <laughs> should be the one character that's almost not scared to dive people, right? <laughs> You're the one character in the game who can block multiple tower shots. Diving's scary, man. It is scary, especially <laughs> with bad players. So learning right. when to dive. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna play Overwatch later, and we're gonna talk about Winston Diva because oh, I have a big dive. issue with what you just said. Oh, about dive. Yeah. Well, that's diving in Overwatch. <laughs> okay. Is a little different than diving. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I get that. I get that. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I think it's it's about understanding that. Because if you don't know what makes your character strong, then you don't know when you have an advantage. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it's like, I know now as Reinhardt, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of, I'm starting to learn how to outplay other Reinhardts. Like the Reinhardt-Reinhardt battle. Which yeah. is like, it, it's, it's so fun. It's one of the most <laughs> prolific things in Counter-Strike, or mm -hmm. in, in Overwatch, right? Yep. Is, is this Reinhardt on Reinhardt battle. And I have learned how to win it, right? I know what to bait, what to look for. Essentially, like, just don't don't be an idiot. Don't hit shift. Yeah. Oh yeah. But basically, like, don't hit shift unless you know you're gonna hit something, or, or you're gonna strike. you're gonna go through. Right. I'm gonna go through the team. Like, if I'm on King's Row, I can maybe shift when someone tries to come through. Because if I miss, I go up the stairs. Do you know what I mean? From, sure. Like, if I'm defending, so there's like opportunities for that. But most of the time, yeah, just like don't, 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 don't. hit shift. <laughs> yeah. Right? But other Reinhardts do it, and then if you're a good Reinhardt, you literally just look where they're going and hit shift. It's like, okay, you're going to hit that wall, yeah, and then and I'm, I'm going to hit, hit you, you. Yeah. and then you're going to die. Like, so there's so many opportunities to take advantage of these things. It's the same thing with Pantheon and taking these advantages. Not just in fights, which it sounds like you're learning, but on the map. How do I fully press these advantages as this character? Because it's <laughs> very easy to press these advantages as an ADC, right? If, if I'm a, a Caitlyn or you know somebody who really just tears towers down and I get an advantage, all I'm going to do is I'm taking towers. Okay, this tower is mine. This tower is mine. Your red is mine. Like, I'm, I'm going to take these things that I know are going to benefit me for the next bit. But as Pantheon, how do you do that, right? How do we get through that? So you could take Demolish, <laughs> but that might mess with your build. Yep. All right. So I want to move one more thing on how do we, how do we learn this? How do we get good at this? So we've been talking to our players about the difference between practice and deliberate practice. Mm -hmm. I like to call it mindful practice, but yeah. Sure, mindful mm -hmm. practice. That's, I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about, yep. right? So Explain this concept to me. Of deliberate practice? Yes. Okay, so essentially, I went over a way to creep with you, right? Yes. I said, you should go into a game, right. and the only thing you should be thinking about is your CS. Right. That's mm -hmm. deliberate practice. Yeah. Okay, that makes I, sense. I have, I have an example, uh, without naming any names, uh, there's this one player in her in her friend group who's pretty bad at Smash, like straight up. Thanks, Caesar. No, 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 really, don't worry. Really it's rude. Not. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> this this person has over 1,600 hours in Smash, and they're still the worst in the friend group. So you have to wonder how can someone play so much Smash and still be really bad, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because when this person plays Smash. They play computers, which isn't a bad thing, but they're also impaired, you know, they're not sober, right? So they're just playing and they're just autopiloting the entire way through. And that's just not practice. Like you're, you're practicing, uh, quotation marks, the, the, your autopilot mode, mm -hmm. which is important. Yes. 
but you're not practicing your your neutral, your advantage, your disadvantage. So for me, mindful practice is pretty much the same thing as, as league. It's going into a game and saying, you know what, this game I might lose, but I'm going to practice my drag downs. You know, this game I'm going to practice uh, parrying or stuff like that. If you don't do that, I think then there's just no improvement. You just you just play the game and that's it. You know, that's and so I. I will preface by saying I don't think there's anything wrong with oh, just, no, this, you know, yeah. getting getting yourself happy yeah, and yeah, going yeah. and playing some games for fun. Mm-hmm. But again, that's a very different thing than trying to get better. Yeah. Well, I think I think it, the the question is, well, he's doing this and he's complaining about not getting better. That, sure. You can you can do that whenever you want. You know, you can just play and like have fun. That's totally fine. But if you're playing to get better Absolutely. and you're doing and you're just doing you're just playing like going through through the motions, and that's not going to help you get better. Intention is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I tried to tell the C-League team, hey, look, the problem is you guys think you're better than everybody else in team fights. So you force team fights even when they're disadvantageous to your current situation, and that causes you to lose them. What you need to do is to learn to pick and choose team fights. So what I want you guys to do is go play games together. I don't care what it is. And just try to win the game without getting any kills or any deaths. Like, at the least amount you can. It's impossible, right? You're going to force them. But it's like, try your best to win the game while avoiding team fights. But that's not going to blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Like, it's not, I'm not trying to teach you how to win the game. You already know how to win the game. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to teach you how to get better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get better, you need to erase bad habits. Yep. And the only way to erase bad habits is to recognize them and go, this is a bad habit. And then to figure out, okay, well, what does this look like when it's not a bad habit? Well, if picking team fights often, even when they're disadvantageous, is your bad habit, then you need to know what it looks like on the opposite end of the spectrum, right. avoiding team fights. Because as you begin to avoid team fights, You'll still be forced into team fights. Here's the best part about avoiding team fights. When you get forced into team fights, 99% of the time, the enemy is going to overextend to get it. They're going to put themselves in a disadvantageous state to force a team fight because you're not giving them what they want. They want the team fight, you're not giving it to them. And then they're going to look for it and look for it and look for it and start to get angry that they're not finding it and then force it and you'll be on the advantageous side. So... When I try to teach these things, I think about what is the intention and how do we practice that specifically? Mm -hmm. For most players in Overwatch, it's slow down. Slow down. Relax a little bit. You don't have to constantly be dealing pointless damage, right? Figure out what the right damage is to deal. Figure out the right target. Stay alive and look for that target. Defend your Reinhardt. If you're a McCree mm-hmm. and you don't know what you're doing, defend your freaking Reinhardt. Because guess what? The enemy Reinhardt is going to get aggressive and you can just hit him with a stun grenade and that's the game. Yep. That is literally, that is, that is the point. That is a defensive win. That is, a, you know, a couple hundred meters on your payload. Mm-hmm. Because if you just throw a CC at an enemy Reinhardt while your Reinhardt is standing next to him, he's going to die. He's going to die. It happens to me all the time. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless there's maybe a Zarya on the enemy team who's quick to respond. Um, but again, if the Zarya is too busy wasting bubbles to get energy, it's, 
it's a very back and forth game. And we can say the same thing about league, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a Pantheon, right, and you want to force things, slow down and wait and think about what is the ideal situation. Today I'm going to play games where I focus on only using my ultimate in this situation. I am going to specifically and deliberately look for this specific situation. Let's say when my jungle, right? I'm playing solo queue. Teams aren't collaborating at all. Mm -hmm. When my jungle queues up for a gank on bottom lane, right? When I see that my jungle is queuing up for a gank on bottom lane, that is the only time I'm going to use my ultimate. And I'm going to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna watch how it goes. I'm gonna do this for three games. I'm only gonna use my ultimate doing that. And if you start noticing that anytime my jungle goes bottom lane and I alt in, we get a tower at the beginning of every game. I think you've learned that that's a strong strategy. Right. Maybe I do it the exact opposite. I am only gonna alt top after my jungle secures a Drake. As soon as my jungle secures a Drake, if I have an advantage at top, I'm gonna take it. Right? So we're going to hit two sides of the map at one time. There's all of these different things you can work on, but unless you're thinking about it, to go back to the Counter-Strike thing, that position that the guy called bad obviously worked, and a good player would go, is this position strong? So it's up to us to think in a game, when we get killed, what did I do wrong or what did he do right? And sometimes it is going to be that the enemy player did something right, especially in League, though, we're so quick to be like, you suck! <laughs> Everybody but me sucks. Mm-hmm. I am great, and that is why I am iron too. Because I have learned to be the best player in the world, and my teams all suck, and the enemies all suck. Everything sucks. I see that so much. <laughs> yeah, it's very common. It is. And people who tend to climb are the exact opposite, right? Yeah. Which is why the rule number one you suck, I suck. Right, And the more I think I suck, the better I play. And the more I think I'm good, and I can see it. It comes out in League. There are games where I will be like, I played so well. Overwatch, too. Mm-hmm. Why did my team not carry me? And then I hit tab. I don't have a single medal. I'm dealing no damage. Well, right? well, I'm yeah. like 5 and 17. I mean, I know as a tank sometimes that's going to happen. Yeah. But medals don't matter in Overwatch. I, I think that medals don't necessarily matter in Overwatch, mm-hmm. especially because... Overwatch should be played as a play-based game, like a football-style yeah. game. So if you're a good tank like, and things are going well, a lot of the times all of your what, damage gets dealt in a very small amount of time. What annoys me about Overwatch is that you can do everything right for the entire game, and then one slip-up will cost you the game. And that happened to us yesterday. Sure. Two times, two times, uh, two games, right? Where we defended the first point, and uh, then we couldn't get the payload like 40 meters in. Or not 40, but like like halfway through to the first checkpoint just because we lost the one team fight mm-hmm. like straight up that's that's my biggest issue with overwatch yeah it's i mean that's kind of what i love and hate about overwatch yeah and in, in truth that's what makes it a great game is it is a pinnacle of moments like it, it is a game that is eight minutes nine minutes long but it's played in seconds mm. Right. Like there's just you've been playing the game and everybody's just doing this back and forth thing and you have this happening and that happening. And all of a sudden something happens. And it's like, that's the game right there. The game is there that we can sum up the game in that five second clip. Right. Where like the Rhine shatters into the enemy Rhine shield and then gets stunned 
and the enemy Rhine puts the shatter down on five players. Mm -hmm. In that three-second clip, like, everything happens, <laughs> and the point gets taken. So, yeah. I don't know. It is a beautiful game. It is actually. <laughs> yeah. but I, I love it, and I hate it at the same time. That's how I feel about it. It yep. drives me nuts. It also makes my mind race. <laughs> um, one more touch on deliberate practice. If you're out there and you're trying to get better at a game, here's my best advice. It all starts by asking questions. Mm -hmm. Okay? And the question that is the worst question of all to ask is, why am I losing games? Okay? The first thing you should do is rephrase that to, why am I not winning games mm -hmm. okay because the objective is not to stop yourself from losing but it is to make sure you are winning and when you begin to think of that way right for instance if i look at league and i say why am i losing games i'll start going well my team this we're dying we're doing this we're doing that okay that's why you're losing the game why am i not winning the game then you begin to say well, I'm not pressing my advantage. We didn't reset. We're not taking drakes on timers. Look at those answers, those three answers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Pressing advantages, taking drakes on timers, and resetting. Those three things you can practice very easily. The next time you're in a game, right, and you get a kill, think about what is the most efficient way to use my time during this advantage. The second question to ask yourself is, Am I at a disadvantage if I fail to reset here? And the third question you can ask is, how long until Drake spawns? Begin to take a look at those questions. And even if you don't know the answers, right? Well, okay, Drake is spawning in 105. Mm -hmm. I have 1,600 gold. I don't know how much gold the enemy had. And I'm not sure if I can actually take a plate for mid during this time. Mm -hmm. At least now you're thinking about those questions. Then it becomes a time to think about which one you're going to choose. I'm going to try to take that mid plate and then reset and then set up for Drake. So you go to get the mid plate, you stay too long, and you die. Then when you reset, you're late to get to Drake and you lose the Drake. And you go, hey, I tried to stay for the plate even though I felt like I might not have time. And mm -hmm. it cost me all this. Mm -hmm. If you can think about those things, the next time it comes up, you go, hey, timer's around 105. I'm thinking about taking this mid plate. I want it. I have 1,600-ish gold. I'm just going to clear this wave and back. That way I know I'm there for my team. You clear the wave. You end up with 1,850 gold. You go back. You buy an item. You get to Drake. You guys win a team fight. Take the Drake. That's pretty obvious feedback showing you that sacrificing the aggressive play for the extra plate gave your team a large advantage. Mm -hmm. Yep. Continue to do that till you have 10 or 15 opportunities to look at that situation, till you have enough to really gauge it. And if you realize that around that timer, right, and early on in the game where it's like first or second Drake, mm -hmm. that the spawn, the respawn timers on the enemy are too fast, you can't push it, you don't have... Like the only way you can push that is if you're a character that has really intense siege and generally it's still not worth it. Nine out of 15 times backing first ended up being better for my team. Now you have the idea and every time it happens, you can go resetting is a smart move. And I guarantee you that one shift in your play, that one thing 
that one response will increase your win rate. Mm-hmm. That one change will increase your win rate. Okay. And if you do that across the board, that's how players become diamond master players. They do that across the board. And I'm a victim of this too. Like I don't always do this. A lot of the times I just trust my old instincts, which tell me, oh, this was the right, this is the right thing to do. But the game has changed. I have to evolve my mindset. And so I'm, I'm doing it, but I'm doing it slowly. I'm getting much better at league, much faster than I am at Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Overwatch is hard. It is. It's really hard. <laughs> um, that's all I've got. Deliberate practice. Practicing one thing. As Caesar said, it's mindful practice. Very martial arts. Right? Yes, yeah. it doesn't necessarily just apply to games either. No, it's it's not a gaming concept. Deliberate practice especially is com- comes from sports, right? And the idea of deliberate practice. Actually, I think it may have been coined from Bruce Lee, mm. right? The concept of sure. I'm not afraid of the man with 10,000 kicks one time. I'm afraid of the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 10, times. times. Yeah. The concept of if you practice something enough, that specific thing, you'll eventually become a master at it, right? Right. And becoming a master at something is incredibly valuable to you, especially in a competitive setting. Yep, for sure. So get out there, find your weaknesses, ask questions about how to win the game, answer those questions, and then be willing to lose to get the answers of which one is right in the situation. It's okay to lose as long as you get better. Mm -hmm. Um, Just don't lose and then... Spend all of your life blaming everybody. <laughs> it never works out. I've coached so many people like that. Yep. It's hard. It's it, it's easy to blame someone. It is so you. easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy for me. I do it too. We all do it, right? Well, but to be fair, sometimes it it is not you. It's it's hard to recognize. <laughs> it's hard. To, it's hard to recognize when it is you and when it's not. Well, that first game yesterday that we played together. I don't remember exactly what we were doing, but it was me, you, and Drake, uh-huh. and our our extra DPS. Oh yeah, then DPS is just not doing did anything. Did nothing. Yeah, like absolutely nothing. I literally didn't see them turn a single kill. Yeah. Like I, you have a kill feed, and I never saw their name pop up for a single kill. And I knew I had gold damage. I had silver. Drake had bronze. So like the two tanks had gold and silver damage. The third DPS had bronze, which means that our fourth DPS literally, and it wasn't high. Yeah, it wasn't no. like high damage. It was oh. um, fun. <sighs> yeah, that's what's frustrating <laughs> about Overwatch. It is what's frustrating about Overwatch. Uh, all right, I think we're we're about seventy minutes. It's probably pretty good for today. Any okay, last sounds words? good. Any last words for today's podcast for episode ten? No, no. Don't buy into the panic. Kind of sad about E3 being canceled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure the industry will be fine, live yeah. streams and stuff like that. But you know. It's um, like gamer Christmas. Just so. always remember that stuff being canceled is not because it's the end of the world, but rather because it's a preventative measure. Correct. Yeah, exactly. To put it in my own terms from a person who does this, it's a reason to be concerned, mm-hmm. not a reason to panic. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah. So if you feel overwhelmed, take some deep breaths. <sighs> And remember that everything's going to be okay. Yep. Even in China, right? China is doing much better. Yeah, they're yeah. doing better. If yeah. you need a, Lots later. Yeah, if you need a reason to realize, like China is, you know, incredibly densely yeah. populated. They have a lot of problems with the spread of disease. South Korea is doing okay. 
Well, South Korea was doing great. Right? Yeah, they're like doing they, great. And did you see what they said, which I think was really great? They talked about because they didn't put any public health, like public measures out there, right? They didn't stop people from going places. They just said we did better because we had better preventative care. Yep. We tested more. We used scientific yep. measures. We paid attention to what was going on. We encouraged people to go get tested, and that worked. Yep. Crazy. Who <laughs> would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, as I will, I will share this last thing from my epidemiology classes. Um, the number one thing, the the cheapest way to keep your public safe is to improve preventative care. Mm-hmm. Right. Preventative care is everything, and that is also your diet and how often you wash your hands, the yep. way you take care of yourself at home, how much you sleep, how much you use alcohol. Um, and I mean like not overdoing it, right? Mm-hmm. Keep yourself healthy, folks. Um, yeah, and everything's gonna be all right. We'll that's, be fine. That's a promise from one of the most anxious people on the planet. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, episode 10 in the bank. Uh, it's me, Rafe, the esports educator here with Caesar, uh, Eface, and Justin. We'll see you guys later. See ya.